Hey you, how are you? Y'all, I have been, I re-listened to um, the last uh, episode, um, Who Am I, part three. And I think I'm stuck, y'all, because I said, who is God, like four times in that episode. And so I'm so sorry. If you are confused, no, we are not still talking about who is God. We are talking about who am I. But for some reason, my mind keeps going back to who is God. So, um, yeah, we're not talking. We're not in who is God. And I think at some point, maybe we will revisit it. Obviously, it's still in my heart and my mind. Um, But, yeah, I meant to say who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I. So, yeah, we are in who am I. And just real quick, let me say a quick um, I hope you're okay to any of our um, if you are in the already in you family and you are in the state of Florida, we are sending thoughts and prayers to you, praying that the Lord would deliver the state of Florida. Cause yeah, the things we're seeing on, um, the news are not, not, not looking good at all. And so to any of our people, and if you have family out there, the same prayers extend to them. Let me tell y'all something real quick. So my family had already planned um fall break so my kids get a fall break a week in the month of september where y'all my voice is scratchy so just you know bear with me fall allergies anyway um my kids have a a week in september where they're off of school and so we had already planned um to go to florida for um for fall break right and so you know we had booked two different locations we were going to go start out in Bonita Springs, Florida at a resort over there and then go over to Orlando, right, to do Disney with the kids. Um, And I think it's like two hour drive in between those two places. So we were going to do four days in one place, four days in the next place. So it's Saturday evening. Um, I'm already, I've already packed up, right? All the luggages are ready to go. Um, Just waiting for my husband to put the last couple things in his luggage Um, because, you know, he just came back from a big trip. And so he was a little bit behind. But anyway, so he laid down to take a nap real quick. Right. And right before he took a nap, he felt this urge, this leading right to to turn on the weather channel. So he turns on the weather channel, you know, you know how you're trying to lull yourself to sleep. He turns on the weather channel thinking, okay, let me just see, let me just look at it. I don't know why, but let me just, who look, who says, let me turn on the weather channel. That's how I know it was Holy Ghost. Anyway, um, he turns it on half sleep, half awake. He sees that there's storms, hurricanes, blah, 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 um, um, surges and all the other um, um, weather terminology forming and, and set to hit Florida heavy on Tuesday. Now, mind you, like I said, we were supposed to leave Sunday early, early. Our flight was 8 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, and we were set to be there till Saturday. Um, so it was like, okay, wait now, you know, we had already checked the forecast. The forecast already had rain every single day. But we were like, cool, it's okay. You know, we'll make the best of it. And hopefully, by God's grace, the sun will come out at some point. So he kind of, he, so I'm upstairs, last minute stuff, making sure nothing is forgotten, blah, blah. He's downstairs on the couch, about to take a nap. He sends me a text 
like I can't even remember what the text said I would look it up but it's not it's not that it's not that important he sends me a text and he's like uh babe I'm not sure about this thing the weather channel blah 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 he was like okay I'm gonna take a nap and we can look at it together I I was just like I I reply him like the devil has failed or some kind of real Christianese funny you know response the devil is a liar we are going to this thing or something like that and so I didn't even bother to turn on the TV because I thought, you know, he's just talking, you know, these kinds of things typically blow over, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, he wakes up, he sees it. We're not seeing anything good, right? And even though nothing has fallen at the moment, we're not seeing anything good. And so, you know, after mulling over it and thinking about it, you know, doing tiny prayers so it's not like we got on our knees or anything we were just like holy ghost what we what should we do lord help us to make this decision blah 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 because our kids are already looking forward to it like i said the bags are packed my daughter even packed her her carry one okay she put her dolls and her ipad stand and her headphones and she she was ready my son not so yet not so much yet but my daughter definitely was ready um and so we're like lord what do we do looked up a couple things nothing is looking good so we made the very difficult decision I think our flight like I said was 8 a.m we had to leave the house because we live pretty far from our airport we had to leave that we were set to leave the house at four um at this point I think it's 9 9 30 when we finally made the decision okay we're going to cancel the flight we started off by by canceling our flights then we had to go to the, both hotels and then you know um uh continue from there y'all Listen, I don't know how to really thank God. I really, I mean, I was looking on the news just before I started recording right now. And they showed a picture of where? Bonita Springs. And how there are six foot swells. They showed a resort. I don't know if it was ours or not. They showed a resort that's on a lake, which ours was also. They showed um, um, Orlando. Funny enough, you know, had we still gone, we would not have been able to go to Disney World. Why? Because Disney World is now closed for Thursday and Friday. And those are the two days that we were supposed to go. Listen, y'all, I cannot... it's almost like I can't make this up and so yesterday a real sense of gratitude just fell over me like Lord thank you thank you for insight thank you for um, wisdom thank you for your voice truly because we would have been there stuck in the hotel room probably scared or um, we would have gotten there realized right that you know this is all this stuff is coming and been frantic trying to get on a flight out out of Florida which I think everybody was right so the the airports were overrun it was just chaos and a mess and so you know that the Lord spared us of all that is really just oh evidence evidence that God truly loves us he truly loves me my family you um and I know that there are some people who were not saved you know my my son has friends who did make that journey and we don't know um exactly what came of their trip and how it went or things like that or at what point they realized that they needed to get back to Georgia etc we don't know any of those things and I don't mean to say it like oh sucks to be you that's not at all what I'm saying what I am saying though is for me and my family I am so grateful I'm grateful that just a little a little piece of of I don't even know what to call it just a little piece of providence right his voice just hey 
check weather channel right just real quick and i mean we have been on so many trips we are we love traveling as a family so we have been on so many trips and i cannot say um that there was ever a time when my husband felt the need to check weather channel we didn't even it's so bad that we don't even know where weather channel is on our tv hello we had to go to the search function weather and then um pull it up that's how you know it's not something that we do often it's not something that we check so i am so grateful so so grateful it's frustrating trying to reschedule and all these things i've tra- uh, of course my kids were disappointed but having looking looked at the footage they they're also very grateful now that they're at home and not having to deal with you know all the other things that could have come of that so if you get a moment send up a prayer for the people in florida um for the people who were not able to evacuate or the people who live you know who live there not just people not just vacationers like we would have been there are people that actually live there so that's just my real quick testimony um for today so we are talking about who am i not who is god but who am i and um we are trying to make sure we understand that there is absolutely a plan right that that god is not in the business of making people who you know just happen to be here so if you are here trust and believe that there is a reason why you're here we have been talking about um um genesis chapter 1:26 that we are made in the image and likeness of god um and then we went over to psalms where david said um, marvelous are your works, O Lord, and that my soul knows well. He started out by saying, um, um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, then went into marvelous are your works. And so let's look at um, Genesis real quick. Genesis chapter 3. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. And I'm about to read the whole chapter. Um, so like I always say, pull in grab a blanket get your water your juice whatever and just listen to me read 24 verses and then we will um talk about it a little bit and that'll be it okay genesis chapter 3 now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the lord god had made reading from the amplified and he satan said to the woman can it really be that god has said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden god has said you shall not eat of it neither shall you touch it lest you die but the serpent said to the woman you shall not surely die for god knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing the difference between the, between good and evil and blessing and calamity verse 6 and when the woman saw that the tree was good suitable and pleasant for food and that it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate and she gave some also to her husband and he ate then the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron like girdles and they heard the sound of the lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord among the trees of the garden 
But the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me cheated, outwitted, and deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all animals and above every wild living thing of the field. Upon your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust and what it contains all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Big O. Hello? He will bruise and tread your head underfoot. And you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your grief and your suffering in pregnancy and the pangs of childbearing. With spasms of distress will you bring forth children. Yet your desire and craving will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened and given heed to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. The ground is under a curse because of you. In sorrow and toil shall you eat of the fruits of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, life spring, because she was the mother of all the living. For Adam also and for his wife the Lord God made long coats, tunics of skins, and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, this man has become like one of us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to know how to distinguish between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Verse 24, so God drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden the cherubim and a flashing sword which turned every way to keep and guard the way to the tree of life. All right. So like I said, we started out in Genesis chapter one, right? Where we found out or learned that we are made in the image and likeness of our father. So who are you? Who am I? I am perfection because I'm fashioned after perfection. But after the Lord created us, we see something that happened to us, right? So we were created in perfection, but unfortunately we didn't remain there. So let's look at this real quick. And I'm not going to dissect everything because everything doesn't necessarily have to do with who am I, right? But I, I want to encourage you in your own time to, to dissect this um, chapter because there is so much in it. Let's start from verse one. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made and and he Satan said to the woman can it really be that God has said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden so let's establish a couple things number one 
Whenever the devil comes to you with a question, beware. Okay? Because when he says, can it really be? In the other versions of the Bible, it says, did God really say? Right? And this is it's so annoying looking at it in hindsight. I'm sure Eve was not aware of all the things that we're about to discuss, but in hindsight, right? Because she's part of our cloud of witnesses. In hindsight, looking at it, it's just like, wait, why do you have questions? He wasn't talking to you. Number one, you know, you want to be like, mind your business, serpent. He was talking to me and my husband. You could eat whatever you want to eat or whatever's in your nature to eat. You don't have to worry about uh, what fruit me and my husband are ingesting. Why is that your concern? And so oftentimes the enemy will come to you with stuff that doesn't, that doesn't benefit him in any kind of way, right? Chapter three starts with the Lord saying, now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. Now I want you to think about that. If the serpent is more crafty and more subtle than any living creature, that includes you and me. Now I know what you're thinking. Wait, I'm human. I have a brain. I, um, I walk on two legs. Well, they used to walk on legs prior to the curse. Um, uh, but I think the biggest argument is that I have a brain, but you have to have an understanding too. The Lord's word is truth. And if the Lord said that the serpent was more subtle and more crafty than any other living thing that he made, that includes me, that includes you. So do not be in the business of trying to outwit the enemy. Because an enemy that would infill a serpent has an agenda. He's using the most cunning, the most crafty uh, uh, creature for a reason. And so some of us think that we can get close to sin or that we can sniff sin or that we can get around it and not be completely overtaken by it. But please have an understanding that the Bible already told us that he is more crafty and more cunning than any other living creature, which includes you and me. So when the Bible tells us not to engage the enemy, but simply to say, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you, have an understanding that this is why. We are not to have conversations with the enemy. We are not to dwell in 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 in, in the company of people who are full of the enemy. We are simply to say, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Those are pretty much the only words that need to come out of our mouth to his ears because he's crafty. And so when you're thinking about who am I, think about that. I'm not the most crafty of what God created. I'm not the most cunning of what God created, which is not a bad thing. The Lord didn't create us to be conniving and, 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 you know, just deceitful. That's not how he created us to be. And then, like I said, can it really be that? Why do you have a question about something that doesn't concern you? And then in verse two, the Bible says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit from the trees of the garden. So what does that tell us right there? She says, we may eat of the fruit, except the fruit that's in the middle. 
So sometimes scholars will, or, or not even just scholars, just random people will say that Adam and Eve had no knowledge of good versus evil. But right there, she's saying we are not to eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. So she was aware. She was aware of the right thing to do. She was also aware of the wrong thing to do. So she had knowledge. She had knowledge of what was good. She had knowledge of what was evil. She was aware. But the difference is that she had head knowledge. It's one thing to have a head knowledge of what's good and and what's wrong. It's a completely different thing to have experiential knowledge. And right there, we see that it was never the Lord's intention that you and I would have experiential knowledge of sin. We were supposed to be aware of the right thing and aware of the wrong thing, but never in a position to do the wrong thing. Was the choice always there? Of course it was. Of course it was. But it was never his intention. His intention was that we would live in the Garden of Eden perpetually righteous. And then in reading these couple verses, one of the things that strikes me so much is why was Eve okay talking to a serpent? So just this afternoon, I picked up the phone and I text my my parents and my sisters and I'm like, for what reason? We don't, I don't get the sense that Eve was shocked at a serpent talking to her. Do you? In reading that, it doesn't come off to me like, whoa, it's a serpent talking to me. Which was kind of intriguing to me. So I'm thinking like, okay, wait, the animals used to talk back then? And in discussion with my husband and my sisters and my parents, it can't, I can't, we've come, let me say, to this understanding that no, I don't think that animals talk then unless the Lord wanted them to, right? With which we see in the case of the donkey who spoke. However, we, when you're thinking about Eden, you're thinking about this paradise, this utopia. And the reason why for us, it comes off like, wait, why are you talking to serpents? is we have this understanding that dogs don't talk. But Eve is is literally in a place where there is no need to ask such questions. It's utopia. It's heaven on earth. So the things that happen here are normal, whatever those things are. So much so, right, that the Bible makes it clear that Jesus comes down, oh my gosh, and walks with them in the cool of the day. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. Imagine just for a moment what it's like in the cool of the day where the breeze is just blowing, right? Sun is gone, not harsh. You know, the weather is perfect in your white linen. Hello, Imagination Hollywood in your white linen, maybe on the beach, you, your wife and or your husband and the Lord are walking down. He comes down and we don't get the sense that this is a one-time thing. He comes down to take a walk with Adam and Eve. So I want you, I say that because I want you to have this understanding that the things that happened in Eden 
may seem strange to us, but to them, this was normal. These are normal occurrences. I believe that then heaven was not as separated from earth as it is today. And so maybe they even had conversations with angels. Again, no biblical proof there, but maybe there was. Maybe there was a constant uh, communication between uh, angels and, 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 and Adam or Eve. You know, if the Lord could make himself visible to these people, then I don't think anything in heaven was off limits to these people. So Eve having a conversation with the devil is not a big thing. So they're talking, right? And he says all his nonsense. He starts asking her questions. And one of the things that, that, that stood out to me was he's asking her a question about what he already knows. And why is that important? It's important to note that in order to lie, you have to know the truth. Can you believe that? In order to lie, you have to know the truth. And I know that comes like a slap in the face, like, whoa. But it's true. Think about it. In order for me to lie, I have to know the truth. What's your name? Oh, my name is Tamika. Well, I know that that's not my name. I know my name is Ife. So I have to now flip it to tell you something else. So in order to lie to you, I have to know the truth, but choose to create another version of what could be true and give it to you. So when the enemy is, is asking her all these questions, could it be blah, 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 that we, we have to be wise. We have to be wise and say, okay, wait, if you're asking me these questions and you're feeding me these lies, it's because you know the real truth, but you're taking the time to pervert it to your purpose. Who am I? I am wise. I am wise to the devices of the enemy. He will always come to you and give you what he wants you to see. His version of the quote unquote truth. The truth doesn't have versions depending on how you look at it, but whatever. He will give you his version. He's always going to come and tell you what it's going to do to you. You, you will not surely die for you will become like God. Now, he's not telling them in a sense that you can never be like God. He's not telling them that I be like God. And that's why I am where I am today. He's not saying that. He's not saying to people that in trying to be like God, you actually become more like me, the devil. Because there's only one way to become like the Lord, and that's to go through his son. So trying to go around that, the Bible already told us that there is no other name under heaven whereby men will be saved. So trying to go around the ordained way actually means that in your pursuit to be like God, you become more like the devil. And that's why when we look at people who are in different religions and who are trying to do different things to make themselves more like a kind of God. There is, has to be an understanding that this was created by the enemy because that's his fate. That's what happened to him. He sat up, according to Ezekiel, he sat up in heaven and said, I will become like God. So the enemy appeals to this sense in us that was originally in him that got him kicked out. 
So in order for him to come to you with some twisted version of the truth, he of well, in order to come to you with a lie, he has to know the truth. And that's why we have to be careful. That's why I started with he's crafty. Because he knows the truth, he just perverts it. And right here, we see one of the biggest things that the enemy does to us as believers. Did God really say? Remember when I told you that your words create, right? The first instance of words in the word of God is, and God said, let there be. So your words are for creation. And right here, did God really say in those few words, he creates doubt. Because all words are creating something. And right here, he creates doubt. Not a doubt in herself. Not a doubt in her husband. He creates a doubt in what she felt like she heard the Lord say. Just like that. Real easy. He told her a half truth. You will be like, God, who am I? I am not God. I am created by perfection. But I am not perfection, big P. I am in the image of perfection. I am in the likeness of perfection. But I am not perfection, big P. I am not a God. You are not a God. Remember, it was never his desire for us to have experiential knowledge of sin. So what the enemy was actually telling her is that now you will know. Now you will know the good. You will also know the bad of sin. And not just in theory. You will experience it. You will, you will see what it's like to be disconnected from your father immediately. But did he go into all those details? No. He told her, you will be like God. And because men, we have this innate desire to rise to acclaim, fame, um, uh, every other good word you can put on it. We have this desire. It's part of us. Because of that, it immediately appealed to her. And the Bible says she saw that the food was pleasant and she ate it. And then God comes and now he's and then she gives some to her husband and then God. And then again, I'm not getting into all that stuff because I know that could be a whole nother conversation. But she gives it to her husband. He eats it. And then the Bible says that the Lord comes down for their daily walks. Hello. And he's like, Adam, where are you? Let me be one of the first people to tell you, maybe not first, but let me tell you that God knew where they were. He absolutely knew where they were. But this was an opportunity for them to express it, number one. But it also shows the longing of our father to constantly be in connection with us, his children. Right after they eat, he comes and he says, where are you? And I'm reminded of the time where I was in JCPenney with my children. 
and my son had made my daughter mad. They were young, probably four and seven, maybe. And my son had made my daughter mad while I was looking for, I think, a shirt or something for her. I know I was in the kids section, looking in the girls' kids section. And my son and daughter were playing right in front of me. And as I was, you know, looking through the rack for her particular size, I looked down and she's no longer there. And if you've ever lost a child in a department store or any kind of place, you know the sinking feeling was, it had never happened with my son and, and this was the first time it had happened with her. Um, actually, it's the only time I can't remember ever having lost any of them after that. But I looked down and my daughter's not there. And so I can imagine what the Lord was feeling in this moment. Where are you? Because I never have to look for you. I never have to shout your name. You're always just where I know you're going to be. And that's because, again, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 59, are my arms too short? Are my ears deaf? No, your sin has created a separation. They enjoyed this communion that we cannot even fathom. And the moment that was gone, the Lord had to ask a question, where are you? Not because he didn't know, he knew, but because something was different. And right before that, another thing I want to point out is the Bible says that they they sewed together fig leaves because now they realized that they were naked. Right. Now they know that they're naked. And and what's what's so beautiful here is just this understanding that as you are, right? They have been walking around naked in the garden this whole time and had no clue about any kind of shame or or whatever. It was all like, you know, when that's not even our focus. That's not even where my eyes are going. Why? Because they were covered in a glory that 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 again, you and I can't even begin to fathom on this side of the world in 2022. Because when the Lord covers you, you're really covered. So that now you don't have to attempt to cover yourself. Because your attempt to cover yourself will never, ever be enough. And how do we know it wasn't enough? Because if you go down to verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord made, which again is a, is a, is a huge reminder of his mercy and his loving kindness like Lord you really just love us I just sinned I just damned the entire human race now you knew I was going to do it yes but the gravity of that is so like what but even in his in his just oh God in his love he still took it upon himself to kill an animal, shave it down, and sew together clothing for me and my wife, a.k.a. rebellious couple. What kind of love is that? But what does that show us? It shows us that, number one, God loves us. Number two, God cares about your shame or about, about the things that could bring you shame. Number three, allow the Lord to cover you. Stop trying to cover yourself. Remember what I just quoted. There is no other name under heaven 
So many of us are in the business of trying to clothe ourselves with different things and it doesn't work. You try this today and it doesn't work. You try this something else tomorrow and it doesn't work. Stop trying to clothe yourself. Only the Lord can cover you. He covers us with his glory, number one. He covers us with skin, number two. But he covers. We were not created to cover ourselves. So stop trying to cover yourself with the love of another person, with the love of a woman, with the love of a man. It won't work. At the end of the day, it will not be enough. Stop trying to cover yourself with things, right? You keep swiping. Swiping, no swiping. Hello, Dora. Stop swiping. Stop buying. Stop satiating a hunger that only he can satiate. All of your attempts will be futile. Who am I? I am covered by God. And then he asks a question. Jesus is in the business of asking all these questions. Hello. He says, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Well, I don't know. The devil ain't say nothing about no nakedness. Eve didn't say it. Adam didn't say it. Again, there was, again, an immediate understanding of nakedness because they removed themselves from the covering glory of God. So when we say things like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the shadow of the Almighty, right? Psalms 91. He who um, dwells in the secret place of the Most High and under the shadow of the Almighty. When we say things like that, I want you to picture Adam and Eve. This is why, again, I always say, let the Bible be one complete book where you go back and forth. Because God literally covers. But separation from God is when you begin to know Something just ain't right. Something ain't right. And the last thing I want to say about this scripture, again, there's so much here. Um, two more things, two more things. And so the Bible says in verse um, eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And so right after they they make fig leaves for themselves because now they realize that they're naked, they hide. And what we have to realize is that your attempts to hide your sin end up hiding you. Your attempts to hide your sin end up hiding you. When Jesus asks these questions, where are you? And who told you you were naked? It is him in his loving kindness. It is an act of absolute mercy that he's asking these questions. It's not because he's oblivious or he doesn't know. He's actually giving them an opportunity to confess. Why? Because when you confess, you come back. 
when you confess, you give yourself an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, yeah, I actually messed up. Where are you? Who told you you were naked? All these questions are an invitation to fess, to confess, to fess up, to go to God like, Lord, you know what? I messed up and that's on me. I'm sorry. Because the quicker you do it, the quicker you get back under that glory. The quicker you do it, the quicker you remove yourself from the shame of sin. The quicker you do it, the quicker you realize you don't need to to, to sew together fig leaves. Because I've already got you covered. So who am I? I am a quickly repenting child of God. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to deal with the shame for too long. I'm not going to remove myself from his covering for too long. I'm not going to let him ask me over and over, where are you? Who told you? Why aren't you in the place where we normally meet up? Well, I normally, we normally talk on the way to work. Why didn't, why, why, what happened? You turned on YouTube way loud this morning. What happened? Y'all remember the intro scene? What happened? What happened? And so when God begins to ask you questions, it looks completely different than when the Lord, than when the devil is asking you questions. When the devil comes to you with questions, he's trying to entrap you, period, because he knows the truth, but he's perverting it. When the Lord is asking you questions, he wants you back. That's all. And then in verse 22, and the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. And if you're like me, you're scratching your head like, well, wait, that's what you wanted, right? Just one chapter ago, you said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And now you're presenting a man. The man has become like one of us as if it's a bad thing. But it is a bad thing, because like I said, the Lord never intended The Lord never intended that we would have experiential knowledge of sin. We were to know about it. We were to know that there was good. We were to know that there was evil. But we were never to indulge in it. And so, yes, the Lord created us to be like him. But the Lord never intended that we would know a world full of sin, devoid of him. We were supposed to all as one human race be taking walks with Jesus in the cool of the day but sin oh but thank God for Jesus right and so now we have explored the entire story of creation to an extent right obviously we can't do the whole thing line by line but as you read I'm encouraging you reread chapter 3 And look at it, asking yourself the question, who am I? Am I like Eve? Right? Where me and the enemy, or or, and if even if it's not the enemy himself, just me, sometimes me and myself, we have full-on conversations. Conversations that I don't have any business having. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's wrong to talk to yourself. But you know what I mean? There are conversations that don't lead you to a place of righteousness. Right? Conversations that the enemy typically infiltrates. 
where you talk yourself into doing something you know you shouldn't do. Or you allow him to talk you into doing something you know you shouldn't do. Always remember that when he comes with those kinds of conversations, it's because he actually knows the truth. But he's taken the time to pervert the truth. So us as wise individuals have to be as cunning as he is. And say, wait now. If you took out all this time to confuse me, then obviously there is something on the other side of this that you don't want me to enjoy. That's how we have to look at it. There is so much that the Lord wants us to see and experience. But sin messes that up every single time. Who am I? I am covered by the glory of God. My attempts to cover me don't work. My attempts to feed me only leave me hungry. My attempts to hide end up hiding me. So who am I? I am a woman because I am a woman. I'm a woman who is wise to the devices of the enemy, but also quick to repent. That way you cover yourself on any side. If I mess up, Lord, I'm sorry, fast. I don't take time to uh, uh, try to cover myself. Nope, I messed up. But before the mess up, I can be wise and say, this is the enemy. This is a trap. You asking me questions? Oh, okay. Yep, this is a trap. Remember, all you need for life and godliness has been given to you. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty.